Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good day. Didn't what? make an intro? No, didn't make an intro. I was rolling on Kyle Rittenhouse and Tucker. You know, where the show's going on right now. We're side by side. People now, Tucker's ratings are going to go down because people are obviously watching, listening to us. Yeah, I hate to do that to our boy yeah. Tucker. So that's going to be uh, happening. So Rittenhouse, he, he was on there. He's pretty much consistent, the kid. I mean... He's. I am. I'm, I'm fine with him. I'm not. I don't think he needs to be canonized, and you know, I don't think he's a punk ass really. I still think it's an odd family culture to you send Kyle out to <laughs> go check out the riots. I appreciate it, but uh, I mean, I think. Don't you think that? I mean, this. This is just a totally ran, my impression of the thing, and I could be completely wrong about him. Disclaimer. But it seems to me. That there's somewhat of a vacuum of parental involvement in Kyle's life. And that hence part of that... they drink together. Right. So, but that's part of the stepping up, the Kyle wanting to step up and be Mr. Model Citizen Police Officer, help the community, protect people, is like this desire to like be a grown up because he's like, there's not really anyone in charge at Kyle's house. I mean, like, is that a totally off base, like, my, guess? My wife, Alice Freud, here. Uh, <laughs> I guess so, Alice. He's got the void in his p- parental uh, support system. I don't, I don't know. I mean, but I don't think most hyper-involved parents are sending their kids to go out and police the protest. I don't know seven, no. many 17-year-olds who go out with rifles and write graffiti and then, and then shoot three people. I don't know many of them. <laughs> Right, he's yes. fine. I mean, it was self-defense, there's no doubt. But, it was self-defense, but, but, yes. about, but also, then again, every other miscreant in the world was out there, you know, it, 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 and it shouldn't have been out there. Of course, and I don't think much of their another, parents either. Right, so. it was total and may, utter mayhem. Yeah, I mean, it, it, so it was self-defense. Oh, That's by the way, I, I need to tell you about something, Alice. Okay, go ahead. 
Look, I'm drinking on camera, honey. Are you proud of me? So, <laughs> guess who I got a nice note? Well, not a note. Not a nice note whatsoever. <laughs> who did you get a not nice note from, honey? No, it's not. No, no. It's, I got a text from Kirk Manahan. Oh. Today. Um, asking, How is Kirk? I, he sounds, it, only judging by the text, it sounds like he's feeling better, which is That's good. That's good. Because he uh, performed a hate crime on me during the text. Okay. We went back and forth about something that we'll be working on, Alice, a project. That's how I'm, of what import I am. Is it dental don't, don't related? Don't you worry about what it is. Don't <laughs> okay. you worry about it. Okay. But um, uh, <laughs> I mentioned the elementary school I went to mm-hmm. in Winchester. The Kirk- first one you went to for a year before no, it was closed? No. No, the, okay. the second one that I went to. The first, yeah, the second one I went to, which mm-hmm. was... Kind of near the pit, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's the the first the, no, so the second. Does one he I went look to, down on your elementary school? Uh, was it the trash elementary school? Yes, uh, I think that's probably fair to say it was. Wow, Winchester so class wars! My goodness. <laughs> listen to this. He says to me, mm-hmm. "I was never near Morocco. I assumed actual shootings took place on that side of town." Oh wow. That is classism, <laughs> a personal slight at my uh, station in life, growing mm-hmm. up on the poor side, the Stoneham Woburn side of Winchester, Massachusetts. A vicious shot, a torpedoing, Alice. And then, but did the T Dog take it lying down? No. Mm-hmm. I, this is an inside Winchester joke. I said, okay. I said, damn right, you myopia wussy with a P. That's inside Winchester jargon. I know. That's a street in Winchester where rich people live. How do you know? Because I'm also familiar with Winchester. Thank you. Uh, What the hell do you know about Winchester? (laughs) I grew up next to it. Wait a second. Did you date guys from Winchester? No. Only you. (laughs) Hold on here. No. Guys, anybody with 01890 who dated Al Shattuck, please (laughs) let me know. I want the inside skinny. uh, uh, You're my only Winchester boy, honey. Uh Uh-huh. It's true. How do you know myopia? <laughs> Alice. I don't know. How, how do you know. know myopia? I know it's a street in Winchester. What am I supposed to know? How do you I know drove, it's a street in Winchester? I drove through Winchester. It's not like 42nd Street, time. Alice. It's, it's, why were you driving through myopia? We used to live in Medford, did we not? You and I? Yes. Right. Well, I worked in Melrose. That's and right. I would Opposite drive, direction. I would drive through Winchester home all the time to avoid traffic and i'm familiar with almost all the streets in winchester wait if you would drive from medford why would you drive through winchester where were you working melrose why would you go through winchester because it's on the way we lived in medford off of 93 yeah, but the highway has traffic on it at certain times of day, honey. So you would go into so deep into Winchester that you were essentially back in Lexington, which is where myopia is. Sometimes. That was not a ways decision, Alice. That is that is like I'm that just, is like fading back the quarterback quarterback with- fading back 103 yards. Uh, in order to, you know, st- run the ball up the field I'm again. I'm just familiar with Winchester. You I drove so 
from Winchester to Medford and yes. Lexington. This is we also fa- this lived in fact. Medford and I went to school in Medford Here's and Somerville fact. and this would drop our daughter off in Lexington mm-hmm. when we lived in Medford to go to school back in Medford again when yes. we lived in Medford. So I've been all over Winchester. Yeah, Alice, I'm very familiar with Winchester. Alice, and which are the better. fancy parts. Just say... <laughs> I didn't date anyone You had an affair with somebody on myopia I road in Winchester. Yes, you did. I did not. Alice, you'll feel better. Not. A burden will be lifted. <laughs> By the way, this, just to let you know, I am so wretched that I am impressed that, that at least the person was from myopia. Don't worry, honey. Nobody from that end of town is going to sleep with me, okay? That makes you feel better. (laughs) Sorry. uh, Tried as you did. Um, My goodness. All right. I knew the show would start blue. Um, All right. So just seconds ago, Rittenhouse was on with Tucker. A lot of the stuff he said was, um, was stuff you've already heard. And by the time you hear this, if you listen to other podcasts that are like ours. Oh, did you see the message I sent from a listener? I don't it's, know a, it's in your text. I just sent in it. my text. Okay, let me. Um, was uh, I, at this point? I guess you could call it boilerplate written house. He talks uh, about the 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 moments of the moments he whacked out a couple of guys. So you're running, trying to get to the police lines. You see the mob coming after you. Let's execute him. They're saying, and then out of nowhere, you get dropped to the ground by the guy who kicks you in the head. Mm-hmm. Did you see him coming? I, I did. Um, to backtrack a little bit, actually, as I'm running, Gage Grossgrutz came up to me with his phone and put it in my face, and he said, what are you doing? Did you just shoot that man? And I told him, I'm going to the police. And he said, oh, okay, and ran off, and I kept running to get to the police. And that's when Anthony Huber strikes me with the skateboard as I'm running before I'm on the ground for the first time. And then I'm hit with a rock by somebody in a white tank top. And that's how I end up on the ground. And I have four people around me from what I remember. And I move my firearm in the direction and they back off with their hands up so I don't shoot them. And then Jump Kick Man keeps coming. And that's when I fire two shots at Jump Kick Man. Wow. And he, you miss him and he kicks you? Yes. Then what happens? Um, after, um, Jump Kick Man is running off, Anthony Huber comes up and he grabs the barrel of my gun and then he hits me with his skateboard holding his trucks and that's... What are trucks? No idea. What are trucks, Casey? Oh, maybe those are the wheels? Skateboarding thing? Yeah, skateboard truck. Let's see what that is. Yeah, I'm assuming. It's like crazy to hear him talk about it. Yeah, it's nice to be skateboard trucks. Here we go. We're not up on the skateboarding lingo, in case you didn't know, and so and this just happened, so we did not have time to okay. research. So yes. the, the trucks are the axle that holds the wheels. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, back to Rittenhouse. Hold on. When I shoot him one time, where did he hit you with the skateboard? He hit me in the back of the head, um, in the neck, the back of the head. Towards the neckline. Did you think you were going to be killed at that point? I did. Then what happens? And then after Mr. Huber attacks me, Mr. Grossgrutz puts his hands up. Remember, he has been, Rittenhouse has been drilled on this during a mock trial session, a couple of mock trial sessions that Mm -hmm. the defense held. So he's got this stuff down. I'm I'm not saying it's not true. No, no, no. But I'm sure if they 
let him testify, they made absolutely yes. certain that because normally murder suspects do not testify right. in their own defense ever, 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 because it's so easy to say something that screws it up. Right, right. So that's why I think we're hearing this is the economy of words. It's here. very it's, polished. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I have my rifle pointed in his direction for about a second. And then once I lower my rifle, I noticed that my ejection port is opened about an inch. And Mr. Grosscrude said I pulled the charging handle, which never happened. I hit the forward assist to yep. close the ejection port. And that's, he sees me doing that or something. And this time he runs at me and he has his gun pointed directly at my head. Did you see the gun? I did. What, do you think he was gonna shoot you? I did. He had it pointed directly at my head and that's when I shoot him one time. And um, he is no longer a threat to me at that point because yeah, he sure ran wasn't. off that <laughs> He that vaporized gun. his arm. Did you realize you hit him? That is the only silver lining of this whole thing. Is that Gage Grosskreutz gets to suffer? Yes. <laughs> what an a-hole. I, I didn't know until later. So then what happens? Um, there is a person directly in front of me, and I point my my rifle in their direction, and he puts his hands up, and he's, not a, he's backing up. And I then turn around, start going to the police, and then I hear shots behind me, and I turn around and briefly raise my rifle to see if I'm being shot at. And then I realize- You don't really need to raise your rifle to see if you're being shot at. That's a good way to suppress, uh, you know, offensive activity. I can't see who's shooting at me, so then I turn around and go back to the police car, towards the police line. So now, this gets kind of interesting. When he hits the police line, He's kind of in nowhere man's land here. Nowhere man, no man's land, no man's land here. Once I make it to the, the, the police cruiser, the police officer says, get back, get back, get back. Um, one of them has a gun out and the other has pepper spray pointed at me. And I say, hey, I just had to shoot somebody. I just had to shoot somebody. And then they say, go home. And I didn't know this until- Go home? Yeah. The officer said to go home. I don't think he knew what happened or heard me. There's a lot of chaos going on. Yes. Um, but apparently he pepper sprayed me. Um, I, you can see it in the video, but I don't remember being pepper sprayed by him. <laughs> hmm. Did you know that? So then what happened? It, I would think um, it would be hard to I not say, remember okay, being pepper sprayed. I go back sprayed. to the car source lot number two. We've been referring to them. Car source one is the one that got burnt down. Car source two is the one that I was at primarily the entire night, and car source three is the one where I was attacked by Mr. Rosenbaum. I go back to car source lot number two, and I tell everybody there what happened. I said I had to do it. I, just, I was just attacked. I was dizzy. I was vomiting. I, I couldn't breathe. And I was like, we couldn't, we want, I wanted to turn myself in Kenosha. To, I wanted to turn myself into the police in Kenosha, but I wasn't able to because they weren't accepting visitors, apparently, with the barricades <laughs> and the fence up. So we ended up turning myself into the Antioch Police Department. So you drove back across state lines, as we're now calling it. Uh, funny. So you, you couldn't even turn yourself in? No, it was like I, I had to go to... Antioch Police Department, which, to my understanding, is the closest police department to Kenosha. So, uh, there you go. Uh, Tucker asked him why he thought certain places were being targeted by these uh, thugs. Why do you think people were burning car source? What does that have to do with civil rights? 
I, I don't know. I think it was opportunists taking advantage of the BLM movement. I, I agree with B, the BLM movement. I agree everybody has the this right to protest and assemble. But I do not agree that people have the right to burn down. I don't, I don't appreciate that people are burning down American cities to yeah. try to spread their message. I think there's other ways to go around and do that. Well, I agree with that completely. Um, and then it gets a little more bizarre once he does turn himself in. So you turn yourself into Indiana police. What do you think is going to happen at that point to you? I didn't know. I was quite, I was in shock. My head was spinning from being hit in the head multiple times. I had some minor injuries. Um, I just didn't know. I didn't know I was going to be arrested for defending myself because everything was on video. But part of the reason I think I was arrested is because of the mob mentality and um they were like oh uh yeah we're just gonna arrest him even though there was videos already out showing me being attacked and having to defend myself so when was it that you were arrested i was arrested on august 25th at around 6 a.m i was formally arrested without a criminal complaint being drafted they didn't know what they were charging me with yet they were just they just arrested me at home at antioch police department what did your parents say when you called them and told them what had happened? I didn't call my mom after I saw her, and she was in shock. She was like, uh, she wanted to go into hiding, and I said, no, the right thing to do would be to turn myself in. I didn't do anything wrong. So you knew that from the very beginning? I, I knew that. It, a lot of people are like, oh, Kyle had time to meet with his attorneys to come up with this amazing defense of self-defense. No, that's not the case. This has been 100% self-defense from the beginning, and... I didn't know there was a hundred cameras. I knew I was, but I did know I was attacked and I defended myself. What do you think would have happened to you if there hadn't been the amount of video that there is? I can't even imagine. I don't think we'd be sitting here right now having this um, talk, Tucker. That's for sure. You'd never get out. <clears throat> so there you go. And Tucker, of course, is using. It, the other footage he has of this guy as part of his series, they're really pushing that that uh, Fox, uh, what's it called? Uh, Fox Nation? Yeah, That's Fox Nation yeah. stuff. I am not a, I haven't seen it. Uh, You're not going to subscribe? Uh, no, I don't think so. So, You don't want to see the January 6th documentary? Well, so I'm glad you mentioned that because I want to get to that right now. Because of that documentary now, you've got Steve Hayes and Jonah Goldberg have quit Fox News where they were paid contributors. Now mm-hmm. they have, they have barely been there. Well, yeah, really. And since that the was last... my first reaction was they're still paid contributors at Fox, right? And their contract went through next year. And according to Fox, they said they weren't going to invite them back anyway. Hmm. But it brings up an interesting question to me. So Steve Hayes, I like both of those guys a lot. I know a lot of you guys listening probably hate both of them. Um. But I liked them both. Alice and I went out to see Jonah. I introed Jonah Goldberg and Michael Graham at an event. Um, remember? Mm-hmm. I do. Did I do a good job? An amazing Was job. Was it charming? An amazing job. Was that in Winchester or Woburn? Oh. That event. <laughs> it was Myopia uh, Road, Alice. Okay. Myopia Man was there. Okay. No, it was in uh, Woburn, Bur- Burlington. It was the okay. Cafe Escadrille. So, <clears throat> um, so and I like him. He's a great. He's a good thinker. He was never a Trump guy. He is what? Is this your guilty 
No, I'm actually, I'm laughing because I was reading something that uh, one of your friends, your buddy, little buddy Ferris from Connecticut was saying on the oh, internet. No, I was just laughing don't because it was Don't say the name funny. Beetlejuice three times. It's, it's, <laughs> I won't. I won't. I won't. I was just laughing at something he said. He's in a sanitarium, I think, gals. <laughs> you don't want him knowing that you're thinking about Um, Go ahead. Well, go ahead. What do you say? <laughs> he says, I just, I would just have been tagged into this conversation so i'm just observing okay. but he said on twitter my mensa membership should say something shouldn't it most who hear and chime in following my daily broadcasts say that i sound highly informed educated and articulate with a modicum of wisdom <laughs> that's why i was laughing to myself Jesus. i'm sorry that's what i was laughing at. Uh, now you i'd rather know. feed myself into a tree shredder <laughs> than to talk to anybody who says those words in that order um, Especially Ferris. Else, don't, don't. Sorry, sorry. Don't give significance to dust in the wind, please. Hey, okay, dust. Are you drunk from tonight from the <laughs> St. Pauli Girl Party? It was my work party today. I'm sorry, everybody. I apologize. Um, okay, so Goldberg and, and Steve Hayes are leaving Fox News, which, uh, fine, maybe they weren't going to be a part of it anyway. Maybe they had grown apart from it, etc. But, like, what does that mean? I think this is hugely important because their feeling is that the Republic, that Fox News has been essentially absconded with by Trump. And so they don't want Trump and they don't want to be associated with Trump and the true believers. Those conversations happening in that in that platform with them. They want nothing to do with it. Now, these guys are traditional, good, educated conservatives. These guys mm-hmm. are guys you generally want on your team. They just find Trump gross and a jerk. Right. Which I understand. It would be weird if Jonah Goldberg had a Make America Great Again hat and it was hanging out with Seb Gorka. Doesn't make sense. You know, yeah. he, these, he's an intellectual. And he believes in conservatism. He's got his own worldview that, 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 is not, that is not petty or thin. It is thought out and it is, um, it is tested and vetted. And, and so I think that a lot of conservatives... They feel that Trump has disgraced their life's work, and 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 they feel hurt personally. Like Bill Crystal, I think feels hurt personally that what Trump did to this project that mm-hmm. that he has spent so much time trying to build, and a lot of conservatives feel that, like that. But with with Bill Crystal and certainly Jennifer Rubin, it comes off, and David from uh, it comes off uh, from comes off sounding like elitist. Like, well, it is elitist. It's elitist to think that you have ownership over a movement of people of, you know, it's it's hundreds of millions of people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that are voting for your candidates and, you know, listening to speeches that you helped write and whatever. Like, you don't control people. You don't own them. They're... It, there's a ton of people that vote for Trump or would have probably voted for Jeb Bush, if that's who the nominee was, or whatever else. And, like, you don't have some God-given right to have, like, you don't own the conservative movement TM, right? Like, how is that? It It is elitist. It is, um, it's, it's weirdly, like, entitled and narcissistic to think that, like, you somehow own this just because you, like, wrote some stuff. And, I mean, like, I know people feel that way. They feel like they have ownership over these ideas and this movement. But, like, you don't. 
people are going to vote for who they're going to vote for. And like, sorry, that was Trump this time. But like people just do stuff. And you like you can't be in politics, whether it's the politics of being a politician or the politics of being a pundit. If you're going to have that kind of thin skin where you're like, I cultivated you. How dare you vote for this rube? Like you don't own them. We live in a country where on Unfortunately or fortunately, like, however you take it, like, we just let people vote for whoever they want. So, like, sometimes you get results you don't like and you have to, like, shrug it off and go back to the drawing board if you don't like what you got, you know? I, I don't... <coughs> well, it, it is an ego thing. It 100% is. I think a lot of it is. For some of the people, it is. Mm-hmm. But also, and I think some of... First of all, for the people who voted for Trump, I think they, they're looking at a lot of these people... And I don't know if Jonah's in there, but it certainly Bill Crystal was. He's on the he's in the gray area. He's in yeah. there for some people and or, not others. But probably. but you're they're looking and they're saying, okay, Bill Crystal, okay, a Republican a conservative intelligentsia, you gave us Mitt Romney and assured us he had the right stuff and he got battered and beaten, and so we uh, no longer take your advice, and so that's why we picked the a hole because <laughs> we need somebody. It seems to us. That in a street fight, you need somebody who can fight. And mm-hmm. so they did. And he could. And he won. Um, but but that said, it, what not there a place? I mean, you and I wouldn't vote for Trump again. I wouldn't. I mean, if he was the nominee against Biden or Kamala, you wouldn't? Well, oh, God. If, if he's the nominee... I'd I prefer not to. But no if choice. he's the nominee against Biden or Kamala or right. some other idiot, like Beto or something, like, obviously I'm going to vote for Trump. I kind of want a Beto presidency. <laughs> when he's standing on everything. Like, can you just stand on the floor like everybody else? Uh, you uh, want to see him live stream his visits to Walter Reed to us? Um, but, here, but yeah, I mean, like, we'd vote for him if he was, if that's what it was, right? But right. but yeah, I'd prefer, like, a DeSantis or somebody. But the thing is, is, like, that's... That's the thing about politics is a, is a lot of times you don't get to pick. We live in a country of 300 whatever million people and like you have to deal with people you don't agree with picking stuff and deciding stuff and like that's what democracy is. It does like I, I just, I, I just I think, feel but, like but, people but they are want on a to, trip. I think that they, they, in, in, there is elitism and there's no doubt like a guy like Jonah Goldberg and I don't even know if Steve Davis is ideological, but Jonah is a really well-read guy, of course, and a bright guy, and and I can tell just listening to his podcast when that he he um has he is irritated by people who haven't bothered to educate themselves on fundamentals of conservatives. That's one of the reasons why I think Trump's gross. Trump doesn't know anything about Hayek or you know uh, who's the the economist John Smith. Who's the economist? Economist, Scottish guy, Adam Smith. Yes, Adam Smith. Okay. Um, or, or you know, et cetera. But but here's my question for you: Isn't there? Isn't that okay to be a conservative who eschews the bad stuff and the intellectual dishonesty that a lot of people who voted for Trump are um, are dealing in? Like, isn't it okay? Isn't there a place for conservatives who believe in candidates who, like Mitt Romney's, like decent people with general principles that are conservative, etc., mm-hmm. um, but don't want to be around the talk of stolen Arizona ballots and and all the other stuff? 
Well, yeah, there's a place for it. Absolutely. I agree in that sense. I guess where I, I guess where I get frustrated is this like weird sense of idealism amongst certain political people that like, and you saw this with the Tea Party is, I mean, like, I still know people that are upset because the people that were like Tea Party people now don't care about deficits. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I thought the Tea Party was supposed to be all about a responsible budget. And now, like, a bunch of Tea Party people don't care about the national debt. Like, they thought that, like, the whatever 70 million people who who voted in Republican primaries in the in the 2010s and teens were like some kind of principled conservatives who'd read Adam Smith and Hike or whatever, like you're saying they should read, you know, like they like think that everybody that these like big tea party protests during Obamacare were because everybody had some like principled small government stance and big ideas about deficits. And like, that's just not true. Like that's, and voters aren't like that. They don't think like that. They don't, care what Jonah thinks. They were never conservative, quote, conservatives because Jonah Goldberg told them what to think in the first place. And like the idea that you're, I mean, like, I think there's a place for Jonah Goldberg, but where, but where I, but the like stumbling block for me is I think these conservative pundits, and you see this a lot in politics on both sides, think they have way more influence than they do. Like Mm. you see it with the Lincoln Project people too. They're like, we are the Republicans who have now, like, we're the inside baseball guys. We know how to defeat Republicans because we've been there. And now we're going to show you how to defeat Trump. And they come in and they do absolutely nothing. And they're incompetent idiots that don't convince a single voter to switch sides. Like, tons of political consultants and pundits and people, like, do absolutely nothing. And, like, I, I mean, I'm glad that people like Jonah exist and are thinkers and are like writing stuff that's deep and interesting and makes people think but like most voters are not reading that don't care about it and like have never heard of Jonah Goldberg or whether or not he's leaving Fox News in a million years so these sort of like principled I Jonah Goldberg will now leave Fox News like Literally, no one even knows who you are. <laughs> I mean, wow. like, no, I mean, like it seems mean, and like obviously, she says from the podcast in her spare bedroom. Like, I mean, like, like who am I? I don't know, but I just like I think sometimes that political people think that voters care a lot more about what they think than they do actually, you know, and that most well, voters are just out there living their lives and like voting for people and that that's very hard for people like you see it with the Obama people too like we have the data we have the Facebook analytics and now we're gonna win the election with the power of our Facebook analytics like yeah but at the end of the day like you just have to somehow convince people to vote for you like that's really actually all it is is there's no like magic numbers formula or like secret op-ed you can write or like I, I mean there's just you know, they think there's more magic in the nuts and bolts of what they do them than, than there actually is. So if Jonah leaves, if they leave Fox News, where do they go? Do they not have a home? Does he? Does he I mean, he's writing on Substack, right? I No, he's got the dispatch. He's, Isn't that a Substack? Uh, is it? Maybe it is. But, but does he, is the dispatch then, so how small is that an audience? You've just got these essentially... Media think tanky 
things the dispatch the bulwark i mean it's good i'd subscribe to it i mean not the bulwark but the dispatch i would the bulwarks i am out on david frenchman oh I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm reviled by him now. I just, I just think he's lost his mind. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, I, I think he was burned a lot by that period when people were trying to convince him to run for president against Trump, and people were just Bill very, Crystal. very, very ugly to him and his family and his kids online. I mean, like, I mean, I, I it's hard to blame him because people mm-hmm. were incredibly ugly to him online, right. and and so you know, I think. It, He's like emotionally damaged by that, I guess, understandably, but it it, it is what it is. But um, you know, I mean, like, right, racist stuff. Yeah, racism, <coughs> like so. Pictures of ovens and you know, bad. Is he stuff. Jewish? No, but they, but his kids are black, and so his wife's black, and or or their, a- his kids are adopted, or no, but they were people were posting ovens to put his kids online, like cartoons of it and stuff joking haha funny like yeah no it, it was wow. it was bad stuff it, it was extremely ugly online right. towards him so i mean like it's hard for me to blame him for like being totally turned off by all trump people and like emotionally just disgusted by everything trump right so so, so uh, danny so abrams who is. runs media has suggested that one of the big barometers of where these guys were compared to um the pro-trump people in fox pro pro-Trump contributors, is how they sparred with um, Molly Hemingway. Molly Hemingway, okay. big Trumper. Yeah. Uh, so this is Jonah last week. And this her is, husband is too, right? Yes. This okay. is uh, Mark Hemingway. This is Jonah. Um, she had, this is right after the election last year when Trump hadn't, um, it was still challenging the election results here and there. And um, and Jonah was ticked off. Jonah Goldberg, I read your column today and you say <laughs> that you are just plain angry about this. Yeah, uh, Donald Trump is trying to steal an election by pretending that the Democrats have stolen the election. Molly's absolutely right about there are issues of fraud and Mm -hmm. these kinds of things that are very minor. They're very small. They're very scattershot. They don't hold up very well in front of judges, but there's something that we should care about in the long term. That's not what Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell and the president of the United States are saying. They are alleging an insane, bat guano, crazy conspiracy theory where Rudy Giuliani is actually saying that most ballots are counted out of the country. They're alleging (laughs) that those internationally recognized uh, cyber ninjas, the Venezuelans, have hijacked our democracy. And while I don't think that Donald Trump thinks he's going to pull it off, he's trying to keep his options open. And one of the options he would like to keep open is to literally steal an election by claiming that the Democratic Party has stolen an election. It's a pervasive, unpatriotic lie. And we shouldn't just sort of, and look, I care about voter fraud, but saying that this is a this is an important story because it illuminates voter fraud is like saying yeah. the Watergate burglary is an important story because it, it highlighted the problems with security at the Watergate Hotel. It's missing the point. Molly, what, we've got 30 seconds here in this segment. What, what do you say about that? Well, there are really serious things here, even including in Michigan, where people were pressured into uh, saying that a vote was was certified when they felt that they were bullied and their children were doxxed and whatnot. These are things that people should be outraged about. But it is really, really hard to hear someone say that this is inappropriate when for four years we had people allege that the 2016 election was stolen through a conspiracy of collusion. Now, now that is a valid valid point. Yes, yes it is. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. But they're both bad behavior. 
Yes. Or to not say anything against people saying that, people saying that, to let that conspiracy theory run wild for four years and not to be uh, upset about what that did to the country is really problematic. And it makes it hard to take people seriously when they're worried about going to a court of law to talk about legitimate election. Let let Jonah get a quick thought in here. Trump's lawyers are failing time and time again when they go to court because they're not allowed to lie. Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, and Sidney Powell are constantly lying. And whatever baggage you might have about the Russia collusion stuff and the conspiracy theories about all of that, that does not give the president of the United States the permission structure to be the first sitting president in American history to refuse to concede a lawful and clear election that he lost. We're going to have to leave it there, Pat. Uh, maybe it doesn't give him the permission structure to do that, but it certainly does give um, credence to the idea that the entire fix is in. Well, yeah. So uh, there's a lot of stuff going on with the 2020 election and the January 6th thing and whatever. And, it, you know, the um, how is my computer not plugged in right now? Um this is getting ugly. Perfect. <laughs> um, but the uh, thanks, Pepper. That was great. Um, the idea that Trump had a legitimate chance to somehow lawfully declare himself the winner, or have Pence declare him the winner of the 2020 election sometime in January, was just not like a constitutional legal thing it it just isn't and i mean anybody who cares about the right of states to run their own elections and for example you know not allowing the democrats to pass their like voter legislation that would essentially put the federal government in charge of state elections should believe that states have the right to determine the winners of their own elections even if we personally disagree with how they did it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want our Attorney General, Maura Healey, going around and deciding who won the Texas election and deciding that, like, you know, the state of Massachusetts suing Texas because we don't like, like, how they ran their elections and because they had voter ID, we decide it's racist and decide we our senators are going to vote to throw out their election results. Like, if the state decides that's who won their election, like, I cannot like it over here in Massachusetts, but it's not my problem. Like, my problem is the Massachusetts elections and who we vote to distribute our electoral votes to. And I have enough to handle with that. And, and I mean... In that sense, like Jonah's right that that, you know, Trump didn't have any shot or pathway to becoming the legal victor. He's also, though, feeding into conspiracy theories when he says it's somehow significant that Trump didn't concede, because this is something I also hear from friends who are pro-Trump still somehow becoming the winner of the 2020 election and being made president now, is they're saying like, well, he didn't concede, so doesn't that carry legal weight? And the answer is, no, it doesn't. Him not conceding does nothing. And people like Jonah and people like people on the left who make some big deal about how it's like this huge precedent that Trump didn't concede Mm. lend weight to the same conspiracy theories that they're decrying and saying are dangerous and damaging to democracy because there's saying that it's somehow significant that Trump didn't it, it didn't concede. You know, just it doesn't matter that he didn't concede. He lost the election. It, it, I do I think people cheated in the cities in certain states? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Democrats cheat in elections. It's been going on for decades. It's not a new thing. You have to just get enough votes to overcome like Milwaukee because they're just always going to find a bunch more votes. That's how Democrats work. And like, I'm sorry, we need to do things to tighten up elections in those states. But like, I can't in Massachusetts tell Wisconsin how to run their elections. Like, it's not my business. And it's not Mike Pence's business. And it's not Congress's business how Wisconsin runs their elections. People in Wisconsin, you need to pass, like, voter ID laws and not allow same-day voter registration or whatever else you need to do to make sure that things like that don't happen. But that's not, like, something I over here can do something about. But, I mean, the whole issue is complicated. But, um, you know, and, yeah, like, does Molly Hemingway also have a point? that uh, the left acted and kicked and screamed and complained that Trump didn't legitimately win the election for four years and they're not treated like insane conspiracy theorists, but they have like, you know, major cable news shows on in prime time on cable news networks. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, they do. And the same people who pumped all those conspiracy theories for years, you know, are not treated as pariahs on the left. The only difference is that the right absolutely does not mainstream, um, you know, theories that aren't credible. Like, it gets very quickly weeded out on the right. And for whatever reason, on the left, it doesn't. And those people still walk around believing crazy things. I mean, like, both sides have their share of it. But I, you know, I I don't know. And I think that this, like, weirdly, weirdly principled stance, I was going to say, but I feel like that's, like, kind of mean. Like, I, I think that's, like, who Jonah is and who Steve Hayes is, that they are, like, going to stand for principle and not go on Fox News. But the thing is, like... The left doesn't treat their people that way. Hmm. You know, they don't like divide like that. They don't you never see like a mainstream person on the left like, you know, Kamala Harris would never say like, I'm now not going to go on MSNBC because they've like talked up crazy, incredible conspiracy theories about Donald Trump and about Kyle Rittenhouse and about everything else. And, you know, they're eroding the the you know right to a jury trial and the uh, presumption of innocence in the United States like you would never see somebody on the left do that about MSNBC or CNN or any other place that says all kinds of crazy things all the time because they look out for their own and they don't like have this I mean like good luck to Jonah and them and like I say like I do think there's a place for them and I think they're good and like I would read the dispatch still and whatever but but the left doesn't do that And that's why, because they don't, like, decide to kick people out because they're unprincipled or, you know, they're saying things that are stretching the truth or whatever. Like, I mean, I get it. Do some people on Fox News sometimes push the limits? Like, sure, sure. But MSNBC and CNN do all the time. And I've got to say, there's never been a resolution. There's no resolutions. So... It even goes back to Clinton. You know, there's no resolution. We we all decided, or the left decided during the Clinton thing, okay, guys, we're going to create a new standard of what has to happen to get somebody to resign. And so getting the, um, the BJ from Lewinsky lying about it in court and all the lying that he had to do and all the stuff that he had to do, et cetera, um, which was certainly disgraceful, and the fact that he lied in court and was found guilty of either perjury or um, obstruction of justice, not which one. 
I think perjury. <clears throat> At the time, people don't remember, most of the hosts, uh, back then, Chris Matthews was destroying Clinton for this. Because the standard was, if you did all this stuff, then if you were a decent human being and a decent commander-in-chief, you would resign. Because mm-hmm. you've put the country through too much. But you didn't. And so by doing that, you've bastardized half of the country who now have to say, okay, uh, that's fine. That's fine now. And so there was no, like I said, there was no uh, resolution to it. Mm-hmm. And with the Trump years, with them starting this crap with the Steele dossier, which we all, we knew was FBOS, there's been no resolution to it. It has never been righted. It's never been adjudicated in front of everybody and shown and nobody had to pay the price. No, they Only, just never correct the error. Right, right, right. So now, when you when they do that again and again and again, and then you say, "Hey, Trump now has to be considered uh, the um, the um, the uh, poison fruit and has to be denounced solely uh, apart from everybody else." Then you look at this and say, "Wait a second, just now for this guy, this why just now?" We suddenly, suddenly, for this nanosecond, decide to have uh, these high, high standards for elected officials, and for this nanosecond, we decide to hold air, this guy to a, a to, to this to the standard that we never hold anybody else. And then after that's gone, boom, Biden, you can get away with it, uh, you know, uh, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and we don't talk about it anymore. Well, right, and, it's, and-, and, and so it's, when people see that. They say, F that, man. F that, the way the, in, in, in the American citizens, like and you're saying, say, F this. It's not fair. And actually, when you mentioned the Tea Party earlier, the Tea Party, really, when you think about it, the Tea Party was based on the Tea Party, not because of the Townsend Tea Acts or the Tolerable Acts <laughs> and this and that. You know what it was? It was government disrespecting the citizens mm-hmm. and them saying, F you. Right. That's what that was. And that's really what Trump was, too. Right. And I think you I think, you know, one little step in the chain of the, you know, the path that led to Trump that that you didn't get to, although I know we've talked about it before, too, is I think that the media doesn't realize how radicalizing the 2012 election was for a lot of Republicans and people on the right. I know mm-hmm. it was radicalizing for me. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, after you've had Clinton, who's what he is right mm-hmm. and like like you say that established a new standard for what behavior was now acceptable and we were going to just shrug our shoulders and tolerate you know the republicans now nominate mitt romney who's like obviously john mccain's in the middle too there but that was the obama year so that doesn't count because he was the golden child who was mm-hmm. gonna save america from whatever well uh, remember also mccain was way too old to be president mm-hmm. <laughs> the, left, the left told us right yes right yeah and sarah palin was a heartbeat away from the presidency they told mm-hmm. us Which over scary, and over she was really stupid she was a stupid mm-hmm. woman right so um anyway so then we come to Mitt Romney who like the Republicans did everything like the Jonas and like the good decent mm-hmm. people of the world told us to do we nominated like the most white bread inoffensive definitely not racist like definitely like such a nice person has no scandals has never cheated on his wife would never lie to you like Mitt Romney, you know, choir boy candidate, like a hundred percent. And then you see the media 
after telling Republicans they have to behave and nominate the good person. You see the media turn around and just like the knives come out mm-hmm. and they like stab, stab, stab and Candy Crowley stabs him in the debate just friggin' lies in the middle of the debate to defend one of the people on the debate stage that she's moderating. It's crazy. It's crazy. And they went after him. We heard about his dog that he put on the roof of the car and supposedly some kid whose hair he cut in middle schoolers and that like I mean like crazy wacko stuff and they went after him like he was Satan incarnate Mm -hmm. and like so then you see that as a Republican you're like we did everything you said we watched you have the candidate who was uh, screwing interns in the Oval Office and tell us that that was fine and there was nothing to see here. And then we nominate the most, like, absolutely inoffensive, never-done-anything-wrong candidate ever, and you treat him like he's the worst person alive for the entire campaign. And, I mean, like, talk about a sense of feeling like F you. It's like, well, then nothing's ever going right. to make you Including, happy. Including, by the way, so in like, that in that race, you had the the affable uniter Joe Biden say he's going to put you all back in chains. Mm-hmm. Which, for if a Republican said that, would be forced to resign for saying it. Oh yeah, or certainly censured. Yeah, I mean, it, that's what's incredible is like the level of hypocrisy and like so. While I understand that like we need the Jonas of the world out there because I feel like what somebody like Jonah would probably say is it's like not enough. It's like what aboutism to say like well the Democrats do this all the time and we have to be better and like we should nominate better candidates and not terrible people and we should you know we should rise above. But the thing is they're not rising above and at some point the person who's like willing to hit below the belt is going to win and and they want to win and they want to destroy you and your family and your kids and like everything about your life that you like so it's you know and and they're fighting dirty so it just becomes a question of like yeah i get it jonah like we need to be better people but at the same time like i don't want as I'm like being taken away to the re-education camp to be sitting here saying like well at least I was a better person than them <laughs> you know like I don't know I right and that's why I'm like with some Trump like um uh dead enders it's hard for me to argue with him I understand why mm-hmm. they feel like we are we have crossed the what is it Rubicon yes exactly so, uh, but there is some good news and I want to end with some okay good news. let's hit some good news are you familiar with John Malone Allison John Malone is the top shareholder of Discovery, which is uh, poised to take over, about to buy the parent company of CNN. So that would make this guy the head honcho. And this is John Malone. (laughs) (laughs) This is, why are you laughing? Nothing. I just love takeovers of media companies. Oh, good. (laughs) It's a rather niche thing to love. (laughs) So do they live on Myopia Road? Awesome. All right, so this is um, John Malone on uh, scene. Do I actually have this? How's written? How's written? How's okay? Okay, he's on QBC. The QBC guy asks him a question. It's a guy about to be running CNN. How, how about news, John? Is there any place for news in a streaming world? Uh, you know, and I, obviously CNN is going to be a part uh, of this company. I, I don't know how to view that, whether that's a value add or not. Well. 
like I don't like people who say value add. I don't like that. You know, I was I guess I could be partially blamed for the creation of a lot of news networks, including yours. But, yes, I know but that. certainly Fox News, Fox News, I think, in my opinion, uh, has followed a, a uh, an interesting trajectory of trying to have news news. I mean, some actual journalism embedded in in a program schedule of all opinions. Uh, and I think they've been relatively successful with that, with a service like uh, like Brett Baer and Britt Hume before him, that tried to distinguish uh, news from opinion. Uh, I would like to see CNN evolve back to the kind of journalism that it started with, and uh, you know, actually have journalists, which would Ooh, be unique and hit. refreshing. Oh. What a hit. Is he trying to say that Cuomo and Don Lemon aren't journalists? Oh, in Acosta, the guy who was, you know, who was in the White House press corps. All those people. That is a shot across the bow. And if I were <laughs> look for LinkedIn to be rife with CNN uh, talent uh, freshening up their resumes. Alice, did you have a piece of business you wanted to get to before we I go? I just had one little piece of business. Okay. Which is uh, something that just made me happy today, which is that um, this uh, mom posted in the Facebook community group because, of course, um, and uh, we've talked about this a little, but it's like one of those things that you don't know if it ever really happens in real life, but indeed, it happens in real life. Um, this mom posted... Uh, does anyone know how to get in touch with the indigenous tribe that lived on these lands? In the community Facebook group, which obviously there's no way to know what indigenous tribe lived on the lands you live on and how to get in touch with them unless you post it in the community <laughs> Facebook group. Because otherwise, it's like you never found out because how, you know, then no one would know that you were a really great person who uh, <laughs> who was going to do something can you, really, really intentional and thoughtful for Thanksgiving. So Can you imagine... Coming home and your wife saying, oh, by the way, honey, I've posted on Facebook, uh, put out there, does anybody know whose tribes actually lived on this land? If you're the husband, you say, okay, you know what, I'm glad you did that. One second, I'm just going to go down to the basement for a second. I'll see you in a bit. Just end it all right there. <sighs> well, thank you so much. Well, that person does life coaching if you ever need some life coaching. Perfect. Perfect. So, um just uh, let me know. I'll hug you up. With Hi, are there uh, some Indians I can uh, manipulate and use here to feel good for a bit for myself? Anybody willing to be used again? Oh, she also hosts a podcast, actually. It says on her Facebook, just by the We way. will be <laughs> delving into that pad podcast, Alice, and listening and see if it's worth. Let's see if she makes a public plea on that podcast. So uh, you can uh, check that out if you need some life coaching advice or more info about indigenous tribes. And okay, um, Shucky can... uh, Shattuck, let's go now. <laughs> I'm, I need to, every time you stop me, I have to transition back to my exit thing. You can find us at burnbarrelpodcast.com. Make it bang bang, Alice, like in myopia. <laughs> Sorry. Can't believe you worked blue again. I didn't even do anything.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.